Welcome, everybody, to episode number eight of Penn Station Sports Talk, or actually, this is episode number nine. A lot has happened over the past few days. The NBA season has come to a conclusion. The Milwaukee Bucks are the 2021 NBA champions, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll get to that. The MLB season is is going down to the wire here. Got about two months to go, and the division races, the wild card race is all heating up. The trade deadline is soon, July 31st. Today is July 22nd, so the 31st is coming up soon. A lot of teams need to trade away, guys. A lot of teams could use some guys for a push. Lots to get to. We'll get to all of it on today's episode. I'm with, followed. Um, I'm joined by Tom and Justin today. So first of all, I want to take you guys back to a time when Giannis Antetokounmpo, while he was a great, regarded as a great player, was defined as a playoff choker. Do we all remember these days? I'm sure we do. The days where Giannis would get eliminated in the first round of the Bucks, I should say, would get eliminated in the first round and all the blame would be put onto Giannis because he is the face of their franchise. Well, I can gladly say, because I'm a Giannis fan, those criticisms are put to rest because he just won an NBA championship and he had help. I'm not saying he didn't, but in game six, he was phenomenal. One of the greatest performances ever in a playoff game. And the Milwaukee Bucks have won, putting to rest all of those critiques about him not winning big games. I'm happy for him. I want to know what you guys think for Giannis and his legacy. Yeah, it's a really important uh, series for Giannis. You know, he really proved himself. He showed that he's arguably the best player in the entire NBA right now with that finals win, you know, dominant in game six, he even come, he, you know, earlier in the series, it wasn't even clear if he'd be able to play. He suffered a knee injury in the series prior against the Hawks. And he really, went through and did what needed to be done. He had help, but Drew Holiday didn't really play too well in the last game. And Chris Middleton, he had a couple clutch shots, but besides that, didn't do too much. And it was all up to Giannis and shot great from the free throw line. So he's really cementing himself. He has two MVP awards, Defensive Player of the Year awards, finals MVP. I mean, and he's only like 26 years old so far. So, I mean, imagine what – if he even – doubles that in the next you know rest of his career that would still be a hall of fame career he's already probably a hall of famer he's 26 and five-time all-star five-time all-nba four-time all-defensive 2019 defensive player of the year finals mvp he's done it all so far in his short career his career he's been in the league for eight years now and he's only 26 so who knows what else he's gonna do but you're absolutely right in that game six, it was pretty much him. Bobby Portis was the second highest scorer, I believe, and he had 16 points off the bench. But Giannis was just incredible in that game. And you're right. He was the one thing he wasn't doing in this series was shooting free throws well. He was dominating for the most part, but you know, he really wasn't hitting free throws when they needed him to. And in this game, he did. He went 17 of 19 from the free throw line. Just an absolute dominant performance. And overall, 
his performance in the entire series was just magnificent. He averaged 35 points a game, 13 rebounds, and five assists. I mean, that's those numbers are just out of their video game numbers to me. And if you're going to win a championship, your star guy has to perform that way. And he did. And they won a championship because of it. So I, like I said, kudos to him, kudos to the Bucks. Congrats to them. I think this was their only chance to win because LeBron will be back and the, 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 the Nets will be back. So glad they won it. And we'll see if they can build off of it. Yeah, I think they really can build off of this for next year. They're they were a title contender this year, one of the probably a top five team in the league. And there were a lot of injuries and they they held up really in those playoffs. They against the Nets, you know, Kyrie and Harden both got injured. And against the Hawks, Trey Young got injured, but Giannis got injured in that series as well. But they they really performed. They lived up to their potential. They were knocking on the doorsteps the last couple of years and they finally pushed through and they beat a really great Phoenix Suns team. That was, that was a really good team. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they had their ups and downs in the series, but that that's definitely a respectable win and they deserved it. They really, they were the best team. For sure they did. And like you said, with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, I, I, I'm a big Chris Paul fan. I think he's a top five point guard of all time. Really great player. I like the way he conducts himself. Very good personality for the sport. And I wanted the Suns to win. And part of that was because I wanted him to have a ring. You know, it, it was a guy like of his caliber at the end of his career to, to end it. You know, he's 36 years old, doesn't have a ring. It would really make his career complete. And I, and I, I think that you can't put it all on him. I really think that in game six, DeAndre Aiden, who was great throughout the postseason, he did not play well in game six. He was just getting dominated by Giannis the entire game, could not guard him. And Devin Booker went just eight of 22 shooting in that game. Late in the game, he missed a wide open three. He's also to blame. He was great, again, the entire postseason, but didn't come up when they needed it. And all that combined with Giannis having the game he did, it was just a recipe to lose that series. As for the Suns, who knows if they'll be back. Like I said, LeBron's coming back next year. He'll be healthy. A lot of Suns fans I see on social media do not think they have a chance to get back. And a lot of them think this is their only shot. And for Chris Paul, who he might be back in the finals next year with a Lakers uniform or maybe a Knicks uniform. Who knows? I think he's going to go to a team that has a really good chance to win because I think that just he needs that ring to make his career complete, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he'll leave the Suns personally. Because I don't either, but what, who knows? what better team does he have a chance to go to a title to? He just made the title and was two wins away. So if I were him, I would stay with the Suns. If he opts into his contract, he can make like $40 million this upcoming season. But I know he's planning to opt out. Yeah, I don't think I have to talk anymore about uh, Giannis's dominance because very clearly you guys have stated the fact he he was absolutely amazing. He he very clearly showed he's a top two to three player in the NBA, and he really won that series for them. There there were key role players like Bobby Portis had a great series overall. Like there wasn't even a game where he did poorly. Drew Drew Holiday had a really great game five, which won it for them. 
they ended up winning that game by four. But really, the the key was that the Suns were just bad in the final four games of the series. They shot under 30% from three. Devin Booker had two 40-point games. The other two games were pretty bad, but clearly he was just like very tired and didn't have it anymore. Chris Paul had two very bad games. DeAndre Aiden was just terrible. There was nothing out of him in the last four games, and they just had no one to stop Giannis at all. Luckily, they, they do have DeAndre Aiden on his rookie contract still, so they might be able to pick up a new defender and try, try to make another run. But next year is all they have, and it's sad to see that team, who I like a lot, especially all the players. I'm a big fan of their players, but they just really don't have a big window, and it just closed on them very quickly. I agree with you. I, I, I love the Suns. I like them a lot. They they have a good charisma around them. You, you root for them. If you're a casual fan like I am, you root for them to win it all. And I was. I did want the Bucks to win as well because I do like Giannis, and I don't like this whole mantra of him not being able to win a big game. So I'm glad he erased that deficit. But you mentioned Drew Holiday, who was fantastic in game five. He was good defender, good. He had a great series, in my opinion. But it was that it was that play in game five. Devin Booker's driving in. He steals it late in the game. And then he lobs it to Giannis, who slams it down. Just a remarkable and iconic career-defining moment for both of those players. But I will say that that wasn't the only play that was iconic in this series. In game four, we all know DeAndre Ayton late in the game. Devin Booker lobs it up to him for a dunk, I believe, and Giannis just blocked it. He rejected it at the rim. So two huge career-defining plays for Giannis in this series. And I was curious, where do you guys think those plays rank in all-time great NBA Finals moments? Because you think about, you know, LeBron's block in Game 7 versus the Warriors. Where do you think those two plays that I mentioned rank among the, among the all-time great plays that have been made? They're, they're pretty high up there. They, they really are. You know, they didn't occur in like a game seven or anything like that. Like, I'm not sure in modern NBA basketball, anything could really top like that LeBron James block or Kyrie. Yeah, I agree with three. you. Th- those are, you know, <laughs> game seven, probably that's the definitely the best NBA final series I've ever watched was those two teams going at it. And that, but this this has to be very very high up there. The that Giannis block was insane, and the Devin that steal on Devin Booker was also great. But I it points to like the fact that I I don't really think the Suns' title window is is like closing next year. You know they were a couple plays away from winning the finals. If Devin Booker is able to get like a shot up in that game and doesn't get the ball stolen, you know the Suns could have been NBA champions. So. They, I feel like they just need to retool, try and keep Chris Paul, get a couple other people and make a run in it again. And they had, they can build around Devin Booker and it, all, most of the guys on that team, it was their first time in the playoffs. So they, they, they got their feet wet. They haven't made the play. The Suns haven't made the playoffs for like a decade. They're really building that team up. And I, I think they'll have a bright future regardless. Well, now you're talking about a butterfly effect type of thing. And if you want to even go further with that, if Kevin Durant has his foot 
like six inches right. back, the, right. the Brooklyn Nets are in this series, and who knows what would have happened there. The Nets are going home. It probably would have been Nets at four. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> I mean, realistically, it would have been a healthy Harden, and, and Durant would have just been – I feel like he would have dominated that series, and it would have been over anyway. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, that's if what it was like. It's six inches, you know, behind, back. Giannis is eliminated again, and this whole um, criticism – Re, will rear its head again but it, instead they the Durant's foot wasn't six feet behind and the Bucks won that game and I, I don't know it just to me when LeBron James I get he's older but when LeBron James is in the same conference as you and he's playing with Anthony Davis who will be healthier next year I just don't see anybody beating them I'm sorry it's just LeBron is is too great to to not make it to the finals and also who knows they might be able to get somebody else what if Damian Lillard goes there imagine that what if Chris <laughs> Paul goes to the Lakers who knows who they're gonna have it's it's who everyone wants to play with LeBron because you know what he's capable of that's just why I don't think the Suns will get back unless LeBron like I said is is hurt or something yeah I saw recently like rumors they were looking into Russell Westbrook the Lakers are, which oh, oh wow, that would be that a would be really a, weird. What a team, and that would just be comical in my book. Right? Anything, yeah. with, any team with Russell Westbrook is just a meme to me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure how good they would be with Russell Westbrook. It to wouldn't be, be honest, good because yeah. he would want the ball every time, <laughs> and he'd go like three for twenty from the field. Yeah. Every game. <laughs> Yeah, back to the Suns though. Like for sure, they have a young core. Like they they can definitely make it back at least next year with Chris Paul probably still being on the team some way or another through opting in or just getting a new contract. But yeah, Mikael Bridges kind of disappeared in the finals, especially in those fast final four games. But he was really good in the beginning of the playoffs, at least. And they yeah they just have a very nice young core who can they can build around and try to run back run it back in a couple of years so I, i'm definitely not down on them for sure but like yeah it was just it was just a wacky series where they just kind of fell apart and they couldn't win any of the final four games yeah i think like just the moment got too big for some of these players they they saw the title within grass like a guy like mikhail bridges or deandre Ayton, these guys who it's their first time young guys first time in the playoffs they played well earlier and they just you know they just couldn't get the job done but that comes with experience you know next year I'm assuming the Suns make the playoffs they they have this experience they know what it takes to get get it done and whether they're able to get it done that remains to be seen but I I do think they're on the up up and up you're probably right. I, I like listen. I want to see the Suns get back. It's just I can't pick against LeBron James. Get pick against the Lakers specifically, but the Nuggets too. They're, yeah, the the Nuggets. Yeah. Jamal Murray, like, Jokic's MVP with Jamal Murray back. Who knows what will happen there? But I will say one of the aspects that I enjoyed most about this NBA final specifically was that it was so new. There was no LeBron. There was no Warriors, no Steph Curry. Not that I don't like Steph Curry or the Warriors, but it was just the same thing every year. I'm glad we got it something new. It was completely brand new. It was Bucks never been there. I mean, Giannis never been there. The Suns had me in the playoffs in 10 years. It was something 
out of the ordinary, which I liked about it. I liked that aspect that it wasn't the same old LeBron or the Warriors. It was weird without LeBron. It was LeBron weird, actually. You're right. It was just like, I'm not used to that. But it was, I liked, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, it was different. I, you know, all these players, they, they got exposure. Guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, Devin Booker, these guys who were, you know, they're definitely all-stars and they're super, they're honestly superstars. They're just in smaller markets on teams that weren't going to the finals. So it really, you know, shines the light on these teams. Like a guy like Devin Booker, he's not going to be overlooked next season. No, or he definitely won't be. Even in the Eastern Conference Finals, like a guy like Trey Young, he's not going to be overlooked next year either because of his his run in the playoffs. And exactly. that's, the, that's my favorite part of it. It's not... Kevin Durant versus LeBron James. It was Giannis versus Devin Booker, or if you say Giannis versus Chris Paul, like Saint. There's just different people that you get to shine the light on. I also want to give a shout out to Chris Middleton because I feel like he doesn't get enough credit in this series. Because while Giannis was great, he was Chris Middleton was also very good. Average twenty four six and five. So you can't disregard his performance and I will say when Giannis got hurt against the Hawks he he was there to to carry the load for them and and they did have role players but Chris Middleton's also a very important part of this team I honestly don't think that they would have won it without him I think Giannis might have gotten there if they didn't have Chris Middleton who knows but I think the two of them just go together so well and even even Giannis said after the game when they were interviewing him he had been with Giannis the whole way. They both got drafted, I'm pretty sure, around the same time. They've been there the eight years that Gian, uh, Middleton's been there the eight years that Giannis was there. They'd come up together. They were, they're like brothers at this point. So I don't think it's fair to talk about them winning and Giannis's greatness without mentioning his sidekick, Chris Middleton, who I think was also very good in this series. Yeah, it brings up like the conversation too. I know that like Giannis was saying how the Bucks got it done the right way and they didn't build a super team or anything like that. But in reality, they have Giannis who's an MVP and two all-star caliber players with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. So that honestly, that's like a big three right there. That's if you go to like a team, you know, teams in the past, like the Miami Heat, they had MVP and LeBron James and obviously Dwayne Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh are probably our higher caliber. Well, yeah, players, but, but I, I feel like I don't think it does justice to compare the that big three with with the Bucks quote unquote big three. You know, no offense to I can't Chris Bosh is a better player than Drew Holiday. I know they're they're different players, but you would have to say if the big three, if you compare it, Giannis is LeBron. And D Wade would be Chris Middleton. I think Dwayne Wade's better than Chris Middleton. So I see your point, but I don't think it was really a super team because it wasn't like they acquired a huge star over the offseason. It wasn't like they got a Kevin Durant. You mean Drew Holiday? Harden. But didn't they, they? I think they traded <laughs> for Drew Holiday though. Well, the, the, yeah, but Drew Holiday's not a not a player like the caliber of Kevin Durant or something no. like that or Kyrie. No, he, he's like a low low tier all star. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know they got Drew Holiday. I'm just saying I don't. It's not the same as bringing in a, a top ten player. Because let's be honest, Drew Holiday, he's great, but he's not a top ten player. Right. No, it's just like 
it's what, I, what I'm trying to say is like it was not he had like other all-star caliber oh, he 100% players. did like, it's like it's almost like being portrayed as like Giannis got it done by himself but really he he had this whole supporting cast like they brought in a, like all these all like uh great role players they brought in all-stars Chris Middleton's getting paid like a mat almost like a max contract it's they they had a lot of other pieces on this team which obviously it doesn't compare to other super teams necessarily like a team like the Nets where they really assemble the super team all at once but it's almost it's like own mini super team in a sense maybe a little lower caliber than some of these other ones that was also my point exactly so I see where you're coming from my point was I didn't while Giannis, like I said, he was terrific, I also wanted to give props to his other role players on that team, like Chris Middleton, because, yeah, Giannis was great, like I said, but he couldn't have done it without their help. Like I said, yeah, uh, Chris Middleton was also very good. Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis off the bench, he had help. So, But Giannis is obviously going to get most of the credit because he's the star guy there. And listen – he could have left. He could have went somewhere else. A lot of guys in small markets like Milwaukee leave, go to bigger markets like New York or L.A., try to win a championship there, but he didn't. He stuck to the, the team that gave him a chance, and he ultimately delivered on, on what he came there to do, which was win them a championship. I love those comparisons that they were showing, too, with like how he was at the start of his tenure with the Milwaukee Bucks and how – he is now like he grew like four inches. He was a scrawny, crazy, small, like power forward. And he got big. He went to the gym. He and he got she got so much. You see his numbers, his rookie year. He was just his numbers, the way they've increased and just have gotten so much better over his career is is really fascinating. His rookie year, he averaged six points a game. This year, he averaged 28 points a game. <laughs> and it's and only going up. <laughs> he shot 41% from the field this rookie year. He shot almost 57% this year. So just to see the improvement and growth of a player that's homegrown, that's been there his whole career, it's amazing to see. And now it's almost like he's put the cherry on top. He's gotten to the top of the mountain, but he's only 26 years old. Right. It's not like – He's been there for 15 years and he finally got it done. And he's 35. He's 26. He's not even had probably not even halfway done with his career. And he already has all these accolades and this magnificent resume he's putting together. And it's only going to get better from there. I think he'll be a buck his entire life. He'll obviously be the, the greatest player they've ever had. Most likely probably if, if it's, if continues on the trajectory, it's going, he might be a top 10 player of all time. I'm not going to say that yet because he, he is very young, but it certainly looks like it's, it's sure headed that way. And like I said, it's just really amazing to, for us to witness this. We can grow up when we're older. We can say we saw Giannis win his first championship. We saw him play in his prime. It's really an honor to, to watch a guy that special. Yeah, we probably have like five top ten players all time playing right now. It's of course it, it's I'm very, very special. Thankful. All the ta- all the talent around the NBA right now, it's very special to watch. You got you know LeBron James, who at this point maybe is is top player all time over Jordan. Like 
a lot of people still debate that, but like Jordan, you know, took two years off for baseball. He started four years later. He doesn't have the same like individual stuff that LeBron does. Of course, he has the seven rings, so you can never doubt that he was absolutely great. But like, and then you also have KD, Kawhi, Steph Curry, and Giannis. If he can keep building, get a second championship, maybe get a third, definitely top ten. And he of he's just absolutely amazing. It's I'm I'm thankful that I'm witnessing LeBron James play. And I'm thankful that I'm witnessing all these guys because realistically, he's LeBron's pro I I mean, I never saw Michael Jordan play, and I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but I would say he's the best of all time from this just the purely the stuff I've seen him do. I mean, like you said, I mean, like we we're talking about before, the the blocking game seven versus the Warriors. That is a top ten play in NBA history. And I'm sure that LeBron has more plays on that list. It's just crazy what he's been able to do. But once again, just want to congratulate the Bucks. The NBA season is over now. Time for the offseason. And then now time for the question because the rumors are heating up of where Damian Lillard is going to go. New York is a possibility, which obviously I hope for. As a Knicks fan, Philadelphia, anywhere really. I think he's going to get traded regardless. But where do you guys think is the most realistically, the most realistic landing spot for Damian Lillard? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I actually think he'll stay with the Trailblazers. Really? My, my reasoning for it is just because the Blazers have all the leverage. He's like signed there for another three or four years. He's like just starting his super max contract. They're under really no obligation to trade him. And if Damian Lillard wants to sit out, then he'll have to sit out for the next like three years. So I, <laughs> but if, if he does indeed get traded, I do think the Philadelphia 76ers are definitely a destination. If with impossible, like Ben Simmons trade, if the trailblazers are interested in that, I personally would not trade Damian no, Lillard. I, I don't want a guy that can't shoot. <laughs> but I think the Knicks, they're, they're definitely another destination. I, they have a lot of draft picks. Obviously, if I were the Blazers, I would want to make that trade before the draft next week. But they, they have a lot of young talent. And there, there's plenty of other teams. I even saw the Warriors wanted to make a trade for him, which I don't think makes too much sense for them. Or maybe even a team like the Celtics makes a – surprise they're always in on all the different trades so you never know they could always get involved yeah i'm i'm a big damian lillard to the heat guy because Ooh, really uh, that's yes. i've never heard that one that's so that'd be a good trade i would like is, that yeah is oladipo still under contract i don't even know i don't but like um let me look that up i believe so but oh is gonna, he i'm gonna look that up for you but like, if, if he is that. If he is, that's a great trade piece. If not, you got still like players like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, who have big, big trade like value all coming off last year, even though they're not like amazing players. Plus, you got plenty of picks, and like clearly that team is ready for a playoff run. So, actually, he's an unrestricted free agent, Oladipo. Yuck. Okay. He's going to be out for like the whole season, I think. Or at least a lot of – because he didn't he, like, tear his quadriceps or or something bad. It it was something pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Something something not good. Something not good, yeah. (laughs) Something – 
Victor Oladipo is another one of those guys that like he has so much potential and he was like he really showed that potential he's on made, the he's made a glass and yeah he just keeps getting injured I thought going to the, on the court he like going to the heat with Jimmy Butler and they have a great core there they have a lot of great pieces yeah. and he just couldn't they could have been honestly they could have been title contenders if he stayed healthy and was like putting up 20 points a game yeah but unfortunately but- he hasn't <laughs> but very, very clearly, that just like Damian Lillard bringing all that offense of potential to the Heat. Plus, you have Jimmy Butler on the defensive end, just anchoring, and Bam just being able to go around and do whatever he does. You know, like that—that's that's just like a very good super team to just go take it. Well, what about the Knicks, though? <laughs> What's my love for the Knicks? I, I like I like the Knicks, but they're never going anywhere with Tom Thibodeau. You can't have a defensive minded coach and a defensive minded team actually like well, go win something. Well, let, let, let me put let me throw this idea out there. Now this is like a long shot, and I, I don't even know if it's true, but I heard a rumor, and our rumors take them however you want. Oh yeah, that Kawhi Leonard is gonna go where Dame goes. Okay. So let's just say, <laughs> let's say hypothetically, the Knicks give up RJ Barrett, Toppin quickly, and like three first rounders. They get Dame. All right. Kawhi comes. Kawhi Leonard's likely not going to play next year because he tore his ACL. He's probably not going to play next year. Maybe he'll play at the end of the year. Who knows? But could you imagine Julius Randle, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard? You Paul George, <laughs> Paul George yeah. follows. I mean, that would be. I mean, you, you got to You got to make them a finals contender at that point. I mean, that's like that's that's. I would put them up against the Nets' big three any day of the week. Oh, especially with Paul George. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I would, bring, I, like, bring them all in. Demar Derozan, you too. Yeah, yeah, I, I would look if if the Knicks could get. Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard to come. I would I would trade the whole team away. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, give everybody get out. <laughs> that, you don't that would be a great team. Three players at that point. We don't even need five. Get we out, can live with there. Reggie. We can literally like the Knicks could live with Reggie Bullock basically filling out the whole. Reggie Bullock and <laughs> Noel, That's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. It'd be fine. Why not? Uh, like. I, I honestly thought that the Knicks could try and make a trade for like CJ McCollum too. That was a that was another mm. no so they, they, need, up... they need a superstar. No, Listen, no, I know. I love Julius Randle. He's great. Although he was kind of bad in that postseason series. Anyway, he was he's great, <laughs> but he's not good enough to carry that team and be this. He has to be the co-star to someone better, like Damian Lillard. It just makes too much sense. Or in three my, players better. <laughs> what? Or three players better. Get the train going. Yeah, let's go. I I'm all for it. <laughs> I I think that as long as you don't give up like your like a guy like I like RJ Barrett or well they might have to. That's the well, thing. For, if they can for, get it without giving him up, great. I just like you said the trailweeders have so much leverage. They're going to demand right the At, like that everything that any team can offer. So I don't think realistically, maybe quickly top in and four first rounders, which I would do in a heartbeat. Cause if yeah, you think about I it, would yeah. do that. those four I, the first, first rounders, rounders mean nothing. 
Yeah, they, they mean nothing. Because those four first-rounders are going to be in the 20s most likely. And I guarantee you none of those players will even be close to what Damian Lillard is. I would do that in a heartbeat. But I don't think they're going to accept that. I think R.J. Barrett is going to have to be part of the deal, unfortunately. Um, so who knows? That'll be an interesting thing to monitor over the next week. Because like you said, the draft is soon. So if a deal is going to happen, it, seven could, days happen away. Soon, it could happen later. Who knows? I can't believe it's actually seven days. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, literally, yeah, the finals just ended. Yeah. I know. It's so fast. It's just like... Sounds like gonna, I mean, the Bucks don't even get a chance to celebrate. It's like, all right, we got to draft somebody now. <laughs> yeah, drafting all your replacements. Like, <laughs> <laughs> My only concern with bringing Damian Lillard to the Knicks is just that, like, with CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Yusuf Nurkic, like, this great team, they just couldn't, like, even go to, like, the second round. You know, no, no, it just listen. If the Trailblazers do this deal, it's to try to rebuild their team, like they're clearly, no, I mean, like for the Knicks, out. like, like, oh, oh, oh. to make like, like, let's say the Knicks like trade away like RJ Barrett and like quickly and all these people, and they bring in like Lillard. How much better is Randall than like CJ McCollum? You know, uh, I think he's better. No, I, I think he is. I, I mean, he, he definitely fills a much game. different role. You got date because also Julius Randle's not the not the focus of the team anymore. They both are, so it's not like you can you can say, oh, we'll just double cover Randall. You know, we'll 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 uh, screen him. We'll do this to him. He's he, he you can't make your defensive game plan only on him anymore. You have to do it with Damian Lillard too. So it's, it makes I don't know any team with two guys of that caliber. I think they have a shot to go kind of far. They can but, get it. They would go far. I mean, it's all just talk now. Once something happens, it'll be easier to talk about. Speaking of trades, we're going to move to some baseball now. And we're going to talk about the trade deadline that's coming up July 31st, a week from Saturday. And in a week from now, lots of guys could be in a lot of different uniforms. The first one, the first big name has already been traded today. Nelson Cruz went to the Rays for two prospects. Love that trade for a lot of reasons. Number one, their lineup's good, Tampa Bay, but it got a lot better. And also very left-handed, that lineup. Meadows, Kiermaier, Brett Phillips, just a lot of lefties in that lineup. And they needed a right-handed power bat to go in that lineup, and they got one. Great fit. And this shows that the Rays are clearly all in on trying to make another World Series. Um, but a lot of lot more guys are on the trade block. Just to throw out a few names that have been thrown around. Jose Barrios, Chris Bryant, Starling Marte, Joey Gallo, Craig Kimbrell, Kendall Graveman, John Gray. All those guys are on the trade block currently. And the reason I bring those names up is because those names have been as closely associated with the Mets and the Yankees, both teams are looking for similar things. The Mets main issue is starting pitching. They need a starter. The Grom has been on and off the injured list. And with it, with a talent like the Grom, you, you don't want to be, uh, you'd rather be safe than sorry. So if he's feeling even a bit injured or a bit tight one day, they're going to put him on the IL. Syndergaard's nowhere to be found. Peterson's hurt. Walker was on the IL at some point. They just they need a pitcher, and the name I'm hearing most associated with the Mets is Jose Barrios of the Minnesota Twins. I'm all for it as a Mets fan. I think we can get him without giving up our top prospects. 
Uh, he's a guy. He's 27 years old. He's young. He's got good stuff. He can. He can. He's durable. He can eat up innings. I think if you're the Mets, you got to make that deal and and get him to try to make a run here. Yeah, the Mets should definitely be a buying team if they're trying to go 100%. all the way for for a championship. Like Chris Bryant, maybe pick up Barrios if you can. Just trade away all your top prospects at this point. Just go win another World well, Series. That's what it's well, all about. I don't want to do that. And oh, also, well, I don't think they need Chris Bryant because Jamie <laughs> Davis is a good hitting third baseman. I just feel like it's. I feel like the focus for the Mets should be pitching, not hitting. I get they can always get better. Been, yeah, but I get their offense has been bad, but like it's been better the last few games. I just think you have to get you the the first thing they should do is get a starting pitcher. Now, what they can do. The Kyle Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs is also on the block. They could potentially do a package of maybe Brian and Hendricks and maybe even Craig Kimbrell. Could you imagine a three-player deal? The Mets could also use another bullpen arm. Edwin Diaz has been dreadful as of late, so they can use another closing pitcher. So those are some guys I think the Mets should go after. If you're Zach Scott, if you're listening to this, please make a move for a pitcher. <laughs> we, we can't. We can't keep going with Jared Eikhoff. That guy is is the. I'm sorry, he does not belong on an MLB roster. He is so bad. Every time he starts for the Mets, he's given up three, four runs. He's out by the fourth inning. I can't take it anymore. And then you're bringing up guys from Triple Eight I've never heard of. Who is Robert Stock? Who is he? <laughs> I don't know who he is. And he's starting like every five days because they have no pitchers. Please make a move. Please get somebody that can pitch at a major league level. That's all I ask for. I'm you sorry know, the to Yankees, hear that. The Yankees roster has been very interesting the last couple of days. It I got to say. <laughs> it's, it's been pretty fun, though. Like Chris Giddens, Greg Allen. Like Greg Esteban Allen. Florial, Greg good like, them. He's yeah. been doing things. Glaber Torres is throwing down sacrifice bunts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what does it come to? Aaron Boone, I guess, has lost his mind out there because he, he's starting to become a normal coach. Exactly. He's doing the right, he's playing the game the right way. Oh, uh, who the Yankees could have somebody I don't even know tomorrow hit a home run. Ryan Lamar, I don't even know who that is, but he hit a home run the other night. True. Good for them. I, I really think the Yankees should be a selling team, though. Unless, like, do no, you think I you could trade so. Jason Domingo? You think you fine. could, you think you should, you do you think you can trade Mike Trout straight up for Jason Dominguez? No, I think, well, I, then why would you, then why would you buy? Well, because I, I they can also the use a starting pitcher and bullpen. <laughs> yeah, but they're closer closer than I think everyone thinks. They're they're not that far out of the playoffs. They've won. They've they have won a winning record. That's true. They, I think they can get like a Freddie Freeman who's hitting high average. Like they they just need contact no, they hitters. Yes, the Braves would not trade him no. away, even though they're not Jason Dominguez. They like I I think they're more going to look for some starting pitching health help and you and some bullpen help they they need both of those i agree with that that's what i have if if Uh, their entire team if their entire team wasn't injured like they're definitely a selling team luke voigt is on a in a contract year like uh what's his name stupid first uh, geo urshela is in a contract year like there's there's just so many contracts you got to pay out like judge is about to get a massive contract so like eventually all these power hitters, something's got to give because clearly it's not working out for like winning games. Well, 
The Yankees need, and I don't know how many times I have to say it, they need a left-handed power hitter. If you're Brian Cashman, DD left already. You don't you don't have DD anymore. You gotta get someone like I've heard Max Kepler or Joey Gallo. Get Freddie one Freeman. of them. I'm not even a Yankee fan, but like <laughs> you have you know how advantageous a left-handed power hitter is in Yankee Stadium. Very and true. They don't have one. So you right. need to get one. It used to be like Brett Gardner hitting, trying to hit. I love Brett Gardner. He's a great <laughs> player, but he's, he's not a guy that's going to hit 30, 40 home runs. Joey Gallo is that guy. I say you got to, you go all out for Joey Gallo. He's a, an all-star player. He's a, he's a cannon for an arm. You can put him in the left and, and he hits, he'll hit, he'll probably hit 30 home runs in like 70 games at Yankee stadium. It just, it's a no brainer to me to get that done. I also think they can use another starter as well. They can also – I've also heard them in the mix for Jose Brios. I've also heard them in the mix for John Gray from Colorado. Mm-hmm. That could be an option for the Mets too. And also the way Chapman's been pitching and Zach Britton's <laughs> been pitching with his 8.54 ERA. Oh, yeah. I think they can also use a bullpen piece. So the Mets and Yankees pretty much are looking for similar things. We'll see who each team gets. But either way – both teams need to make a move if they're going to try to make a run. Yeah, I think both of them will be some of the most active teams probably at the trade deadline that are buying at least. Like the Cubs, it seems like they'll be the most active seller. But yeah, they might they're going to give away I think Hendricks, Bryant and Kimbrel. And and Anthony Rizzo too is I've also heard as a name, Javi Baez even. Right, Javi Baez is a free agent. I don't think all those guys are going to be gone, but I wouldn't be surprised if four out of those five players I just mentioned are gone. But also, the Yankees, Rizzo too. Rizzo's another power power hitting lefty. Another guy you can get. Um, One thing I don't know exactly where he would play, but he's a great. He's also a great um, glove at first base. So you put him at first, and maybe let Torres, DH Torres, not been very good with the glove. Maybe move uh, someone, maybe move Gio to short, maybe put LeMayu at third, something like that. Just, I just think it just makes too much sense if you're Brian Cashman to get a lefty power bat. But knowing the Yankees, they'll probably get Starling Marte, who's a righty, and just will completely ignore the lefty aspect of it. Starling Uh, Marte is good. He is good, but again, I want the Phillies to get him. But the Yankees have such an advantageous field for lefties. Why would you not trade for one? Especially right. when they're one, they're on the block. You have a guy that hits 40 home runs a year in Texas that is literally gonna be traded somewhere. You you have to get him. I mean, you have to get him. It's it. It's just like you you have to get that done. It just I don't understand why Cashman's just like being so it's to me it seems like he's just being so laid back about the whole thing. Like I don't even know if he's on the phone with anyone. He, he's got to make a push to get this team. The, this is the Yankees we're talking about. The Yankees are never going to be sellers. They're always sell. going to be buyers. Sell please. No, nah, they shouldn't Tom, sell. you can't. They're the New York Yankees. They yes, but you have... sell one year. You win for five. No, but they always, they're always in it, though, and they're still not out of it either. They have to be Darn. buyers here. Why they're don't like, we have to have a good team? Four. 
that's that's at this point in the season heading into the trade deadline you're you're right in it they're, they're like the same record as the Mets who are in first right. place. Right. <laughs> they're they're right in it for a, like a wild card. Or if the exactly. start, I'm not sure if they'll be able to win the division, but they're they're right in that wild card race. And which is all you really need, you know. If you can make it to the ALDS, you're you're perfectly fine. It's yeah. the same as if you won the division, really. <laughs> I, I also think the bullpen is one of those aspects of a team. I always say the bullpen is like the offensive line in football. It's overlooked, but you can't win without a good one. And I think you, and I also think you could never have enough pieces in, in your bullpen. Listen, the Mets bullpen has been great this year. They've been shaky recently, but I think it could be better. Like Diaz, Edwin Diaz has, thrown, has blown three straight saves since the season got um, resumed after the all-star break. So he clearly <laughs> is struggling. And Craig Kimbrell has been virtually unhittable this year. It makes too much sense. Why not get Craig Kimbrell? The Yankees too. Chapman has have like a 17 ERA over his last like 15 appearances or something like that. He's just been blowing saves left and right. Yankees could also use a piece in their bullpen a few names I've seen thrown around, like I said, Kimbrell, Kendall Graveman of the Seattle Mariners is having a fantastic season, kind of underrated. This year, he has a .90 ERA in 27 games. He's been really good. Gregory Soto of the Detroit Tigers, he was an all-star this year. He has a 2.77 ERA in 41 games. Uh, Richard Rodriguez, the closer for the Pirates, he's having a good year. All these guys are possibilities to be traded. They're on the trade block, and I think if you're the Metro Yankees, it wouldn't hurt to possibly get one of those guys too, just to solidify the back end of the bullpen. I think it's funny how it's like talking about Craig Kimbrell is that um, last year, I think he was like a free agent for a long time. Yeah, he didn't sign him. And he was horrible last year. Like he yeah. was, he was dreadful. And, and for some reason right. this year, he, I guess he decided he was going to be himself. But he, his whole, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. He's been great his whole career. Last year, he had a five ERA. Right, which wasn't very good. This year, he's a point five one ERA. And in uh, 30, 37 games, he's given up two earned runs this year. Right. Virtually unhittable. Fifteen strikeouts per nine. I mean, if we're being honest, he's a Cy Young candidate. Let's let's be real. So if you're the Mets or the Yankees, if you can swing him, I have a feeling he'll be packaged with Chris Bryant. So I guess I the name I've heard most associated with Chris Bryant is the Mets. I mean, I've heard rumors that the Mets are really trying to make a splash and are really engaged in talks with the Cubs. So I wouldn't be surprised if at all if Chris Bryant comes with Craig Kimbrell to New York. And I don't like Chris Bryan. I, don't, I think he's overrated. But if the Giants, the, look at me, the Giants, if the Mets were to get him, I wouldn't be that mad about it. I don't think it's necessary. But if it's going to bring in Craig Kimbrell too, then I'll be happy with it. If the Mets have um, Chris Bryant, Pete Alonzo, and Francisco and Lindor and Jeff McNeil and Michael Conforto, that, that team would be ridiculous. 
if the Mets I mean, can stay it, healthy, that team would be ridiculous. It sure does it look would. good. Like, especially <laughs> if they could bring in Kimbrel too. I mean, then that bullpen. Then you have you have you have Kimbrel, you have Lugo, you have Castro, Fortnite guy, Trevor May, Edwin Diaz. Even though he's been god awful recently. Wait, Fortnite I, guy, LeBron. Trevor May, Trevor, you don't know he's a Fortnite streamer. That's what he does in his free time. No, but LeBron's the Fortnite guy. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Travis Scott's the Fortnite guy. Oh, LeBron's, yeah, yeah. Right, LeBron's right. also the Fortnite guy. But Ariana Grande's the Fortnite guy's girlfriend, of course. <laughs> Just some other names I want to mention that could be moved. Trevor Story is in a contract year. I think he's going to get traded, definitely. I mean, he's obviously most likely not going to stay with the Rockies. Um, he isn't having a great year this year. He's kind of struggling. So I think that's kind of why his name has been flying under the radar as a trade piece. But I don't see him re-signing there. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like an Arenado situation where they trade him. I've heard um, a lot of Yankee fans want Trevor Story on their team next year. I want Trevor like, Story. Right, but again – He's a right-handed hitter. How many righties, how many power-hitting righties are the Yankees going to have before they realize they need someone that can hit the ball from the other side of the plate? Like, how many is Brian Cashman going to go through before it's like, you know what? I think we need someone left-handed. And Jason Dominguez, before anyone says, oh, Jason well, Dominguez. Let me tell you, he has played. You know what? I'll even pull up this extra so I can give you the exact amount of games because I want to, I want to, like, Get rid of this this mantra that he should be called up. He has played 14 games. <laughs> he has played seven games in A ball. He is 18 years old. You're not going to see him. Hey, like, it's high A. High A. No, it isn't. It's regular A. It's just A. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It is high A because A uh, is just still, independence. I went to one of those games last Thursday. That, he, that was atrocious. Hitting, he is hitting 357 in, in high A, but – He's still 18 years old. He's not going to be showing up for another two, three years. So, and you can't trade a guy like him. He has so much potential. You can't trade him. But yeah, still, you can. Mike Trout. A right, a right-handed though. <laughs> trade him for Juan Soto. Then we then we're then different story. But I just think, I mean, am I crazy? Am I crazy? Like I feel like if Joey Gallo's there, I haven't heard like a word about him being associated with the Yankees. Like. Am I nuts or is that does that not like it? Maybe I'm wrong. Does it I've, not? I've heard it. I've heard it. Like, does it, it not is, make sense? It's not wrong. Right. It's, it's just like, I it's want a center fielder. Cashman doesn't want to make a move, I guess. I want a center fielder. Okay. He could play and... center. Sure. But I'd like... be like the, the largest outfield like ever. <laughs> Aaron Judge, Joey Gallo. <laughs> And Giancarlo standing. Oh my God, that's a bodybuilding <laughs> outfield right there. Ninety. And you, they'd have like the most power hitting lineup I've ever seen, like in modern baseball. Like with those yeah. two guys, plus like Gary Sanchez, who's basically purely a power hitter at this point. He's the playing whole better lineup now. Is pretty much besides Lemayhew, right? They, and Urshela, but besides that, Lemayhew's playing power. bad. Hmm. Right? Isn't he hitting like in the two? I like two two hundred. Who am I? You? Yeah. Usually he's hitting like. It, yeah, he's hitting two seventy. It's it's not bad. No, he's, it's not bad. He's been better recently, but he hasn't been himself this year. 
J- yeah. Just for exact stats, so we're not guessing, he is hitting 270. He only has seven home runs this year. So let's go. He's struggling a bit. It's it, it's real. The whole lineup is struggling, but they've won four straight games. They've been better. But again, I still think they need a pitcher too. I mean, besides Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone has been pitching better. Montgomery's hit or miss. Domingo Herman, same thing. Kluber's hurt. It wouldn't hurt. I don't think they have to go after a guy of a caliber like Jose Barrios because that would take a lot to get. But I don't think it would hurt if they got a Kyle Hendricks or a John Gray. I don't think those guys would, would cost as much. So I think it wouldn't hurt them to get another pitcher. You can never have enough pitching in my book. You can just never have enough because you never know with injuries. Yeah, I no, I would agree. I think that's definitely pitching. I think the bullpen too. They could use some bullpen helps. I watching the Yankees Phillies games the past couple of days. I a lot of those Yankees relievers that came out of the pen I'd never even like heard of before, hmm. and they didn't pitch too well either. So <laughs> they could definitely use some help in the in the pen as well so, someone who is coming back for the yankees which is going to be a big help is luis severino he he's coming when i see it he is on his way back from injury he's currently facing live batters and uh yeah he played okay. well when he was healthy so. the guy like hasn't pitched in two years okay yeah but he finished third also, in american league cy young award voting i can see right. it right here on my phone app yeah that was that was what 2019 yeah Right, that was two years ago. Uh, since then, he's pitched like three innings. Well, at least not Domingo Herman. He's better than Domingo Herman. I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying the guy, well, especially believe, off the field. Once he like pitches, like more than five innings in a game, I'll believe he's back. But until then, they're probably going to give him three innings, four innings. They're going to nurse him back, which which is fine. I'm not complaining about it. <laughs> but he's fun to you're, watch. But you're right, Tom. He he is fun to watch. But you're right. He is a to the Yankees success going forward if he comes back healthy and he pitches the way he did in the Cy Young candidate seasons that is huge for the Yankees because it gives them a one-two punch Cole and and uh, Severino and then you have guys like Herman and Tyone who can who can give you quality starts that would be huge for the Yankees if he comes back especially healthy and dominant like the guy we know he could be yeah that's another thing the Yankees don't have any left-handed pitchers well, that's like not they, a they huge don't, deal. They, it's not, not a huge state, deal, but, but like it's it can be a matchup favor against some better teams. Like the Rays, the Rays are very have a very left-handed lineup. So if if a lot like um a left-handed starter would be good for them. Yes. Uh, I don't know if they can get one, but if they do get one, that would that would be helpful against teams like the Rays who have a lot of lefties. I guess the Yankees just have something against uh, left-handed players. Yeah, they don't like anyone yeah. left-handed. Even though it helps them, they don't like anyone left-handed. They refuse. It must be there. Must have some analytics on it that's like say that in their Maybe. ballpark. That you want analytics? Do you want? I don't know. Curtis Yankees. Granderson is a great example. Curtis Granderson. Curtis Granderson hit forty-one home runs with the Yankees, and he was an MVP candidate. And then he hit forty. He hit. He hit ready in in back to back years. He had forty one and forty three home runs. That's eighty four home runs over two seasons. That just shows you. And Curtis Granderson's like not the he, he's got power, but not that much. Steroid he man made that 
you just need a power bat left-handed, and he can do so much. Joey Gallo has a lot has a, is a much more of a power threat than Curtis Granish. And I honestly think if you give Joey Gallo a full season with the Yankees, he hits 50, 60 home runs. It's just how it is. Maybe. It's just, it's just, I'm just saying Granderson's a perfect example of why it's so important to have a lefty power bat in your lineup. They have a lot of power bats, but they're, of course, they're all righty. Got to get someone that can hit from the left side of the plate. That's just, I can't emphasize it enough. Didi Gregorius was that guy, and, and they let him, they, they let him walk. So, well, so it, far, it hasn't been a bad decision. He's hitting like 210 this season so far. Let's go. He hasn't been great on the Phillies, but still, uh, you just the if you're a Yankee fan, I'm Tom. I'm sure you miss his bat in the lineup. Everyone does. Yeah, the Yankees just refuse to get better unless it's a power pitcher, or power hitter. There's, yeah. I don't know, it's weird. So, um, we got about a few minutes left. I just want to wrap up with one more thing. Being that we're, we got about I would say 65 games left of the. MLB season, MVP races are heating up. And I must say, I love the race going on in the American League, Vlad Jr. and Shohei Otani. I mean, both of these guys have just come on and burst onto the scene this year, have been incredible. I mean, Vlad Jr. was a guy that was highly regarded, son of Vlad of Vladimir Guerrero, who's a Hall of Famer. And he struggled, then he lost weight, and this year he is incredible. And he's almost catching up to Shohei Otani, who leads the league in home runs and is also pitching really well. And I don't know if even though uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s team might make the postseason, Shohei Otani's team likely won't. I don't know how you can't give him MVP. I mean, he has a 3 2 1 ERA in 14 starts, and he has 34 home runs and an over 1,000 OPS. I mean, he's doing things that we as people have never seen live before. So I don't know how you can't give him the MVP. Yeah, I don't know. I used to do that back in third grade. Yeah, we all did it in Little <laughs> League, but this is a major league stage of guys doing this. Like, it's incredible. Although Vlad's had a great year, I just I think it has to be Otani. Even if they win, like, 70 games, the Angels, and the Blue Jays end up winning, like, 90 and making the postseason, you, I don't know how you don't give it to Shohei Otani. Even though... Vlad is hitting uh, 430, uh, not 429, 330 with 32 home runs and 79 RBIs. And yeah. what an improvement. He won all-star game MVP as well. But what's funny is Shohei Otani got the, the win pitching in that in the all-star game. That's funny to me. So, yeah, yeah that's a really fun race to watch. In my opinion, Vlad. It's, I think it's pretty much going to be Vlad versus Otani. I think it'll be Otani, but who knows? Maybe he'll cool down and Vlad will hit like fifty-five home runs. Who knows? It's going to be a really fun race to watch over the next few weeks. Yeah, I'd be kind of surprised if Otani doesn't win MVP at this point. Like he's just because like how he's being perceived this season. Yeah, you know, between both, like obviously, Vlad is having like an amazing season, and he diver- deserves like MVP just right. as much. But Otani's like getting it done on both sides, and that's it's just, just what Otani's doing that we've never right. seen before. The first time since like Babe Ruth, who obviously none of us were around to see that, but it's just 
what he's accomplishing is incredible. So I think you just got to give it to him at the end of the day. It just yeah. makes too much sense. Very solid starting pitcher, and he's been absolutely amazing hitting wise. So oh, he's been he's been arguably the best hitter in the league from a power standpoint. Yeah, and his average is good. He's hitting two seventy three. I'm pretty uh, yeah two seventy three, but it's very not bad. And, he, and he's been pitching well. He has a three two one ERA. He was an all star. He and then after that he pitched six scoreless with eight strikeouts on Monday. So he's he's been a great pitch. He's been there. He's been. He's been their best pitcher and their best hitter this year. What does that tell you? On a team with Mike Trout. Uh, well, Mike Trout's been hurt. Yeah, I know. But isn't it crazy to you that Mike Trout was every year everyone picks him to win MVP, including this year, and the Angels will probably have an MVP and it won't be him. That's And yet the team still is garbage. Like the team still <laughs> is not close to winning anything. Oh, yeah. How many more – great players do you need they have they have Rendon Jared Walsh who was an all-star like I don't know what else they can do they they do they just I mean let's they drafted they had 20 picks in this year's draft and they drafted all pitchers so I think they're really trying to (laughs) solidify that part of the team because that's the reason why they're not winning but a team with Trout who's probably a top 10 player of all time in my opinion who's not even the best player on his team right now. And they're, they're two games under 500. It just, it's just, it's mind boggling. Yeah. Their story for like the past, like ever since they got Albert Pujols, really like, yeah, before, like, like they had Trout and Pujols, Pujols in his prime. Game. <laughs> That's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And he probably won't win with the angels. He's on 12 year deal. I don't think they're ever going anywhere unless they get Jacob DeGrom or something. Just yeah, I, outs there, to be yeah. honest. Besides Shohei Otani, I know two of the Angels' pitchers. And I, I haven't been following baseball a lot over the past couple of years, but I should know at least, like, a few more of your pitchers. That, right. That's pretty bad. Right. I should at least hear about some of them. Like, maybe they're absolutely awful, but I should at least hear about that. I just don't know any of them. You, yet you don't because their their pitching has never been good with Trout. The team is just never won with Trout. Like I said, they, he's made the postseason once and he, they got swept. Ever since 2014, he hasn't even sniffed the postseason, unfortunately. I, I'm surprised that he, like, had re-signed there even. Because he's after- that kind of guy. He's a good – he's a home – he uh he's just one of those guys. He he likes playing for them. He likes LA, and he's just not gonna leave. That's just how it is. If I were him, I would want to go to the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? He wouldn't have to go too far, and he could no. go and win the World Series. So, my good friend did not want to go to the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's gonna wrap it up for today. Lots of great conversations. I'm sure within the next week or so, trades will be made. The Mets could have a new superstar pitcher, could have a superstar closer, could have a new bat. The Yankees could finally maybe have a left-handed power bat, but most likely not. Other stars could be traded. Trevor Story could be gone. It's all very exciting. I love this time of year for baseball. I love this upcoming week. Just always checking Twitter and my phone to see if any updates have been made about trades. We will likely have an episode within the next couple of weeks where we break down all the trades that occurred. Hopefully they're good ones with the Mets and the Yankees. But until then, 
we are signing off. Thank you, everyone, for listening.